through Friday devotional podcast aimed at helping you grow more faithful in your walk with Jesus. Our reading today comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 1 through 4. And the word of the Lord says this, And I, brethren, could not speak to you as spiritual people, but to as carnal, as to babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it, and even now you're still not able, for you are still carnal. For where there are envy and strife and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? And when one says, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are you not carnal? I want to talk to you today about carnal Christians? But first, let's pray. Father, help us to understand today. Open our eyes. We don't want to be carnal Christians. We want to understand what that means and know how to avoid it. So speak to us today out of your word, and we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, in our reading today from the New King James Version of the Scriptures, our attention's immediately caught by Paul's use four times in the passage of a word that we rarely hear in everyday use. The word is carnal. Now, it's obvious from his use of the word that the Corinthians are in a state of carnality and that he doesn't consider that a good thing. So what in the world is he talking about? What's meant by carnal? And can people who are really Christians be carnal? Or is carnal simply another way of saying hypocrite? Let's take a few minutes to try to understand what's going on in this passage. And we'll start with our last question first. Can people who are truly Christians be carnal? Well, the obvious answer is, yeah, we can. Reading the passage in context, it's apparent that Paul considers the baby believers that he's writing to at Corinth true people of God. These were people in which he had confidence that they'd truly put their faith in Christ and that they were firmly standing on the good news of the gospel that they had believed about Jesus. So what then does he mean by calling them carnal? And the answer to that is in chapter 1, when Paul discussed with these believers that there are two kinds of wisdom that believers can use to build on the foundation of our faith in Christ. We can build a life on Christ using the wisdom of this world or using a wisdom that comes from God. The wisdom of this world is selfish, self-centered, self-important. This wisdom can be defined as, hey, it's all about me, with a capital M on the word me. Christians can live that way. The carnal Christian says, my faith is all about me. It's about me getting the recognition I deserve. Or it's about me looking spiritually superior to others. Or it's about everyone noticing how important I am, or how smart I am, or paradoxically, how humble I am. A carnal Christian's touchy about little particulars in the faith, sensitive to perceived slights to his or her dignity, looks down his nose at others, less spiritual in his opinion, who are around him. Now, you get the idea. The carnal Christian is all about himself, and that's the problem that Paul was dealing with in First and Second Corinthians. The Corinthians were carnal, and because of that, their church was a mess. Divided about personalities, confused about marriage, ruinous at the Lord's table, 
and even questioning the doctrine of resurrection. What, what a disaster. And yet they really were followers of Christ. That's very clear in the text, isn't it? Now, in opposition to carnality is spirituality. A spiritual Christian is building on the foundation of faith in Christ using God's wisdom rather than man's. These folks are just the opposite of the carnal Christian. Their focus is not on themselves, but rather on Christ and on others around them. These are the folks who wake up every day reminding themselves that they no longer live for themselves, that in imitation to Christ, their lives are now lived for the sake of others rather than themselves. They're easier to get along with than their carnal brethren, more forgiving, less touchy, somehow more stable and mature. And as we see in our passage today, they're able to take in solid spiritual food, sound doctrine that strengthens their faith and directs their lives. You know, Paul is very plain about the fact that he couldn't give the Corinthians that kind of teaching. He had to teach them the ABCs of the faith week after week because that's all carnal Christians can accept. But the problem with that is that hearing the basic truths of the faith week after week only keeps you alive spiritually. It can't help you grow up. Carnal Christians are caught in perpetual spiritual babyhood, as Paul recognized when he called them infants in Christ. And just like children, carnal Christians are easily taken advantage of by hucksters and spiritual con men. Now, dear one, you don't want to be a carnal Christian. Later on in chapter 3, Paul tells us what it'll be like for such people on Judgment Day. Corinthians 3, 13 through 15 says this, 1 Corinthians 3, 13 through 15. Each one's work will become clear, for the day will declare it, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work, which he has built on that foundation of Christ, endures, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned, he'll suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet so as through fire. So on the day when Christ judges his people, carnal Christians will be saved. But like a man dashing out of a burning house with empty hands, nothing will be left for them to present to the master, and no reward will be awaiting them from the one who gave his all for them. Now, how do we apply this? Well, it's very simple, isn't it? Don't be a carnal Christian. Ask God to open your eyes to see the beauty of Christ's selfless sacrifice for you. Now, maybe that sounds insufficient. Just look to Christ. Just notice who he is. You know, our instinct is trying to, to tell us something different, isn't it? It's like, no, no, you don't understand. I have to do something to fix myself. We say to ourselves, well, I'll have to discipline myself not to be carnal any longer, etc., etc. <laughs> Did you hear it? When we say that, we're being, wait for it, carnal. I have to fix myself. Do you hear it? It's us doing it again. We're trying to be the hero of our own story one more time. No, dear one, you haven't learned the secret yet. We don't become spiritual by looking at ourselves our only hope is for God to grant us self-forgetfulness so that we can look at the Savior, 
And that's why we pray. And we ask God to open our eyes to see the beauty of Christ's self-sacrifice. When we're more concerned with Him than with any lesser things in life, including ourselves, especially ourselves, then we're on the road to true spirituality. Ask, and you'll receive. Let's pray together. Lord, hear our prayer. Teach us to fix our eyes on you rather than ourselves so that we can hear the well done in that day, for we ask it in your name. Amen. Thanks for joining us again today. Join us Sundays for our online service at 9 a.m. or our on-site services at 9 and 1045 a.m. And we have an on-site evening service at 6 p.m. as well. Look for our app in your Apple or Google App Store. Search for BF Sebring to get your copy. Thanks again for joining us. Stay safe.